0: This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. L-G-B on the L-O-B, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore L-J underscore Lloyd. We're going to go under the lens here today. We'll go a little bit from Sunday's season finale for you, Cleveland Browns. We'll get into some things Overall for the season, Browns-wise is sadly, where none of us wanted to be this January, we are already in to off-season mode here in Cleveland Browns coverage. We thank everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Today's podcast is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. As I said, John Costco is in the house. Um, John, I think one thing to take away, and look, you know, Sunday, you know, you close out the season, you get the victory, but there were some guys who needed a good day. Uh, you know just to go into the offseason kind of get the confidence level you know as you start to you know progress into you know what you need to work in the offseason a couple of those players maybe Jacobs Phillips obviously you know a good sign for him to have a strong day to close out the year certainly another one in a player like James Hudson
1: yeah uh, James Hudson is uh, a guy to highlight for sure because um, he had been pre- I mean as a rookie a fourth round pick or whatever that is recently transitioned from a defensive lineman to you know an offensive tackle in college um he really struggled this year and he put up easily his best game of the year um and was the top graded offensive tackle of the week at pff uh with a 90.0 um run blocking was a 90.7 was was really good in pass protection at 77.6 so um that's you know I get it that this, the Bengals were resting, you know, some starters and, you know, they weren't a hundred percent there, but the fact that, you know, he looked really good against NFL competition is a, you know, a bright spot for the, for the future, for the Browns in terms of, you know, developing that talent. You're not going to rest your, your laurels on that guy next year. I would, I wouldn't say, um, but it's, it's at least a, at least develops into a um, you know a swing tackle a six ta- you know six offense alignment for them. Um, Jedrick Wills was another one that had a really good game that had been up and down all season long. He was an eighty four point nine. Um, you know Wyatt Taylor was you know he, he finished the season strong there, so that's good. But Demetrius Felton, another rookie who who finished a season strong with an you know I get it was five snaps but had the touchdown. Uh, so that was you know after pretty much all season long of him disappearing after the, what was it? The, the second the, game of the year. second week. Yeah. So like he, you know, it's, he had been, you know, struggling in the return game, kind of got into essentially a bench in, in the return game there. Um, so it was good to see him get some, some semblance of uh positive play there. Um, on the defense side of the ball. Yeah. Jacob Phillips was excellent. Uh, 76.9, um, you know, was basically all over the field, had seven stops. So you know, just because he has eight tackles doesn't really mean much. But the, the fact that he seven of them were were you know short gains or tackle for loss or or what have you um, was was excellent. So uh, and there, there was a there was a I didn't even realize this, but there was a Curtis Weaver sighting in this game for six snaps. Yes, there uh, was. <laughs> and uh, he was he and was, Curtis Weaver.
0: Had his, had his option picked, actually was brought back on a future reserve contract, Mr. Curtis Weaver, yes.
1: There we go, there we go. So we'll see what that you know, can be For PFF darling, yeah, Former PFF darling Curtis Weaver. Yeah, former PFF darling Curtis Weaver. He was a guy that was, he was a strange, strange prospect coming out. But um, A.J. Green had a nice showing uh, in coverage as a 90.0. Port Augustin had a decent showing as well. So MJ Stewart, again, like continues to impress on the defensive side of the ball after last year where he was thrust into like a, a continual starter role where he had a lot more of, uh, of a role that he was playing on the defense this year. He, he takes a step back and is kind of like a, a depth piece. Really, kind of shows his value in that re- regard. So um he was an eighty point six high, highest graded defensive player for the for the Browns. So there were a lot of positive notes for you know to finish out the season for this team, and you know those there's, there's, those were some of them.
0: Yeah, with mean, a guy like MJ Stewart, and it's crazy to think you know that the Browns were going into the season with John Johnson III, Ronnie Harrison, and Grant Elpit, and then you look at the amount of snaps that MJ Stewart ended up taking this year at the safety position. Um, but look, there could be an opening here for a nickel corner next year. Something MJ Stewart can do. He showed you what he can do, versatility wise, at the safety position. This, for me, becomes a guy where you know you might want to get kind of get on this early um, with MJ Stewart and, and see if there's you know the possibility of him wanting to stick around. Um, because look, versatile defensive backs in the NFL, it's you know, I mean, it, it's gold. I mean, because you know you saw everything the Browns went through this year, and you get in the opportunity where you can say, oh well. MJ can do that job. And then tomorrow so and so is out. Oh well, MJ can kind of do that. And I, I think for a player like MJ Stewart, and look, last year, a lot of times MJ Stewart was the punchline, essentially. Um, but did a lot to, you know, eradicate that this year. And we talked about this yesterday with Pete, and he definitely had, you know, by all means the hit of the day on Sunday. When was his when was his hit? Um remind me. Number eleven, the wide receiver, Smacked the eleven daylights out of him. Right. Yeah. 16-yard reception he lit that's, the dude up. Yeah, that's right. Um and then he,
1: he yeah, so he he laid the wood on him and then uh um which is kind of sort of payback from last week when he got hit by got the stiff arm from uh from Najee Harris. So, you know, he he obviously different team and stuff like that, but he wanted to he wanted to show um you know what he wanted to do. And you know, one thing too with, with MJ Stewart this year was he was graded as an eighty three point eight, which you know after last year he almost basically doubled his grade from last year in coverage Jeez. he he had a you know so last year he was a forty four point eight so he was as bad as you can get um in in the role that he was playing where' more more safety um but he was you know he safe he was safety slot hybrid type stuff or whatever this year um th- sorry, this year he was more safety last year he was pretty much primarily slot. Um, so they they found a pretty good solid role for him where he can split more time between the two. So you know if that's if I'm not expecting him to be an eighty mid '80s type player moving forward, but you you know what you can get out of him, you found a, a decent role for him, similar to like how they found a decent role with Mac Wilson this year. But uh, you know we'll you know that's from MJ Stewart. Like you want a guy, that's a guy that you he knows the system. You want to keep him in there. He's probably not going to be highly sought after by other teams. Um, and, and you continue to develop that guy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you have players where money is going to become available. I mean, you know, who knows whether or not Troy Hill will be back, who knows whether or not Ronnie Harrison will be back. And, you know, if you look at that whole scenario, you kind of look like, well, you know, MJ kind of did most of the work anyway. So might as well reward the guy who actually did the work in that scenario. Uh, I do want to go also just one more thing on the defense in general here, but we'll talk about the offense here in a second segment. Um. For Joe Woods and you know, we all agreed it was going to take a little while for it to come around. As far as, you know, the growth, maybe it took a little longer, you know, for some, I'm sure, you know, it certainly didn't, you know, come as quick as they wanted, you know, week one, blah, 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 blah. but you know, that's just the way the defensive side of the ball works. It does take some time. But the way you close it out, John, you know, nine games where you held the opponent under sixteen points, all of those, you know. Those should be wins. There's just no way around it. You know, you only give up 16 points in the NFL. If you're a good enough team, most of the time you're going to come out on the right side of that. I mean, shit, we're talking about two touchdowns and a field goal, for God's sakes. Um, but the evolution of Joe Woods, and now we're in this little bit of a, a tricky spot here because, you know, look, Tack McKinley, you know, I, I, I don't even know what we can think of Tack McKinley being next year. Of course, he doesn't even have a contract with the Browns. You're in a spot now where Jadavian Clowney, And what your vision was, and to bring these guys in here, and what it was is, you know, Clowney's going to make Miles Garrett's life easier, and Garrett is going to make things less pressured for Clowney where the opportunity for more production, because one thing with Jadavian Clowney, you didn't always get a lot of. He got a sound football player. You didn't always necessarily get sack production, which was able to happen. And, you know, good on him, four sacks to close out the year, uh, make yourself about $500,000 off those four sacks. But you see the emphasis here. Secondary, I think we're very, very close to what Joe Woods wants and needs. You mentioned A.J. Green. And I think one of the reasons it's great to see A.J. Green develop the way he has is he's got the body set they're looking for, a little bit longer arms built like that. The one thing Denzel Ward isn't is ideally built the way the Browns would like, but they understand how great he is, and you can get away with that. But that pass rusher room. Um, you know, with McKinley not being around, I mean, we're talking about the names of Curtis, Weaver, Porter, Gustin. It's been a while for both of these guys. Now I think we're kind of to the point where, you know, shit or get off the pot and maybe it's kind of over with those guys, but there's going to have to be a lot of work to be done there for this defense to remain as successful in 2022 as it was to close out 2021.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, your, your roster is always constantly tur- turning over year after year. Um <laughs> This. You know, I, I I know that people liked Malik McDowell this year, and um, you know Malik Jackson and stuff like that. But like these, the one of the issues Malik McDowell, like he flashed, Mick Jackson, they both flashed, but they were really bad in run defense. So you you want to try to build, even Jordan Elliott didn't play very well this year. So Tommy, who told, had yeah, that it wasn't good. Yeah, what I that? was about to
0: say. Did anybody even have a decent run grade? Because that defensive tackle position was rough against the run.
1: Uh, Sheldon Day was your highest graded defensive tackle this year. Um, he had 233 snaps. He was graded as 64.7. So, I think we kind of all saw this year when teams wanted to run the ball in the Browns, they could. Um, and it was kind of you know, this is again how much does a run run defense matter when the Browns defense you know gives up 16 or fewer points nine times in a season? Um, you know, if you want to get better, you you've, you've those are areas to improve. That defensive line, outside of your your star guys and and Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett, they they need to build that that room up better. Um, you know, expect Tommy Togiai to take maybe a step next year. Um, you'd expect that from Jordan Elliott in his third year. But the thing is, you still can't rest your laurels on those guys. Andrew Billings, he saw only seventy two snaps this year. After expecting him to be a bigger, maybe a bigger role on this team. Uh, so, yeah, the defensive line needs needs a lot of work and you know there's going to be options in in the draft i know that this is a pretty solid edge in and defensive line class but um you know outside of probably you know aiden hutchinson and calvin thibodeau there's i don't think there's really like you know there's not the star stars guys after that but they, i think there's pretty good depth in in this class um secondary wise i they just need to keep drafting and developing guys right like this you just keep throwing more guys at this because yeah do you want ronnie harrison you, know, you probably want him just because you, you have familiarity with him but i think you this year he took a big pretty big step back from what he saw last year which is kind of what he's always been in in his career so far this year uh for his for um you know for ronnie harrison so like it, when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he graded a 61 and a, then a 60. Then he came over with Cleveland last year and was, you know, seemingly had a broke out, breakout year at a 676. But then he reverted right back to his career average at, at a 60.8 this year. So I think that's the the guy he is. He's he's not a uh you know he's not a like this you know top ten type safety in a, NFL. He might be a, a good solid depth piece um, you know for for you. So I think you want to you know you see what you know maybe you can bring them back at a cheap price because and have them as a rotational depth piece but you still want to probably draft more secondary players just because like we saw how, how many times guys got injured this year and you're gonna want to get denzel ward extended and um there's still work to be done there's just as good as the defense was this year there's you know there were games where they could have been better for sure you know they gave up what is over 30, 30 points like maybe four four times so you can't do that and win in the nfl
0: well, and the thing with Ronnie Harrison is, you know, when we've seen the best of Ronnie Harrison, the role has been closer to the line of scrimmage. And you have guys like Jacob Phillips and Jeremiah Wusukoramoa, who are already under contract and cheap under contract, who can do that for you. And you've seen the versatility of a guy like MJ Stewart. And obviously, still probably a lot thought of, you know, the potential of what Grant Delpit can be going in a year or two as he gets more confidence in the Achilles. We're going to switch it over. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about the offense side of the ball here. We are going to go to some positional groups. Obviously, John just emphasized the defensive tackle position, which we all know is going to be an issue. One particular one we're maybe going to look at on the offensive side of the ball, where a lot of work is going to be done. And uh, for everybody who watched last night, uh, it was just a tough blow. Obviously, Jameson Williams has been a very bountied about name for anybody talking Browns draft. You hate to freaking see it. Um And, look, it's for everybody, why was he playing? Look, it's different at Bama. I think there's just some – look, they are there to win national championships. You kind of understand that when you're agreeing to go to Alabama that, uh, no, 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 we don't take any games off. We're playing everyone because it's about banners, which bring money, which in turn now will bring NIL deals to Tuscaloosa. Get back to a little bit more here. PFS, John Costco in the house. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Life changes are exciting, and they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Maybe you started driving rideshare after your nine to five, or maybe you work in one state but live in another, and you need to help. You need help reporting your income. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction available for you. And you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Whether you get married, have kids, or change careers, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome. To Turbo Tax Live experts and. Interesting. Life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it. TurboTax Live. Sitting here with John Costco, and we're going a little bit over the Browns season finale, 21 16 Win over the Cincinnati Bengals, who will play 4.30 on Saturday. Las Vegas Raiders coming to town. Could be interesting, as there could be a decent amount of winter weather involved in that game, which for Bengals fans maybe doesn't sound good. Josh Jacobs, as opposed to, you know, the weather maybe slowing down and limiting the Bengals passing game. See so We'll how that plays out, obviously, a little early in the week for that. Uh, but, John, offensively, we talked about the offensive line. Closed out strong, and you know, for as much promise as the offensive line was thought to be, it was going to be really, really difficult to repeat what they did in 2020. Um, it's going to be hard to go essentially wire to wire as the best pass blocking unit, best run blocking unit, but all in all, it is still by far the strongest part of the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> You know, it wasn't
1: – part of it is that you had injuries on, on the offensive line this year where you didn't have that last year. So Jack Conklin missing more than half the season is is was a huge blow to the Browns uh, in that regard because you're – you know, that's a valuable position. I know that people associate the left tackle position being more valuable than the right tackle position, but really they're pretty equally valuable um, because you, 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 you just have – I mean – when a, if the quarterback's looking left, his blind side is now the right side. So, especially it, a team that
0: calls they, a lot of rolls to the left.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's losing him for more than half the season is a huge blow, and and they really were trying to find a, a steady piece there because Blake Hans and both James Hudson were struggled at that position, um, and yet. Yeah, you know, James Hudson had a really good week 18, but he was, he was really poor for most of the season there. Blake Hans was poor for the most of the season there. Um, Jedrick Wills injuring his ankle week one didn't help his cause all season long where he, it was, you know, he, he came on stronger in the second half, but he struggled there because of that, that ankle injury. And then we know with COVID stuff, how, how there was some some um, turmoil there. And I think what, you know, you're expecting, you're expecting some step backs. Joel Batonio had a, had a, the best season of his career. Wyatt Taylor did take a step back from last year. Last year he was like a ninety-three point two or something. There was like nowhere to go but down. There was nowhere to no, go exa- No, exactly. That I was I said all offseason long that I was expecting regression from him and and into the mid 80s, and that's exactly where he ended up grading. He was he was an 84.4 this year, um, which is a really good season for for an Probably makes yard. him top five at his position. Yeah, exactly. So um and he basically kind of faltered a little bit towards the end of the season, and and he was a top, he was a top five guard all season long, and was actually going to be a, a a second first or second all team pro at the right tackle right guard position, and just got bumped out of it at the end of the season by Shaq Mason. So he, he was the third best right guard in the NFL. Joel Patonio was the the best left guard in, in all of football. He was ninety three point six. I mean, this is a monster season from him. So uh, kudos to him. But J, you know, JC Treder, he's he's not he's he's like he's playing on borrowed time right now his his knee is absolutely shredded um i wouldn't be surprised to see him if he, if he retired this off season um but i think he he still had a really solid season seventy four nine point four but you know i think the offensive line you know as as all things considered still had a really good season was a, is a top five top seven unit this year even with some of the injuries and turmoil that they had
0: now, uh, will we'll, we'll wait one more before we get to the bad. Um, the running back position, <laughs> and I, I think for this year, I, I think it was great to see you know what exactly went down for D'Ernest Johnson, finally getting an ample opportunity, actually getting games. I mean, it's really, really difficult to judge a player on you know three, four, maybe five carries a game, but there were times where you got to see you know D'Ernest be the guy, and what you saw is maybe a guy who doesn't have the greatest athleticism at the position. But you see a lot of the other intangibles, patience, letting guys set up blocks and then, you know, cutting, exploding, you know, basically based off of that. So it was impressive to see. And, you know, Browns are going to be in a tough position. You know, Dearness Johnson, going to be 26 years old, restricted free agent. There's not going to be a better time for Dearness Johnson to, you know, make a little bit of money. No, he's not going to make a ton of money wherever he goes. Um, But an opportunity like that, um, it was tough. You know, Kareem Hunt, And it's not just running the ball, you know, the versatility that Kareem brings and the receiving ability that Kareem brings, whatever quarterback played for the Browns at times this year, not having Kareem Hunt was certainly, certainly a devastating and a big, big loss.
1: Yeah. Kareem Hunt brings to the table that both the two of them do not, you know, Darren Johnson and Nick Chubb don't bring. And that's the pass game ability. He, he's a, he can run legitimate routes out there and you can rely on him to, to catch the football and, and make things happen in the past game. Whereas, you know, Darius Johnson, he dropped four passes this year. You know, he was targeted 24 times, dropped four passes. That's not, that's not good at all. Only gained, uh, you know, under a yard per route run, same with Nick Chubb under a yard per route run. Whereas uh, Kareem Hunt was almost more than double that at 1.6 yards um, per route run, which is every time he runs a route, he's, you know, gaining more than double the yards that the other two are. So, um, you know, this is a, clearly like a top three room in terms of the running back talent that in the NFL, um, you know, you could argue, you could argue the Cowboys, you could argue who else has, I can't even think off the top of my head. So like it's, it's, it's that good. And the fact that Dearness Johnson emerged this year, you probably want to bring that guy back because it gives you the options and flexibility with that room. And then if Dimitri Felton, you know, he's a hybrid uh, slot type running back type guy or whatever, that's just another weapon in that room that you could, you have there. So I think um you know this this room, yeah, losing Cream Hunt was I think that was the, a big noticeable drop off in terms of just the flow of the offense, the consistency, the the he brings when he comes out there. You don't know if you're going to run it or pass it. The other two you're you're kind of leaning heavy. All right, they're they're going to be running the running it when they, those two guys are out there. So um yeah, Dearness Johnson was a you know huge huge find, I guess, find, you know, falling into the lap of the Browns this
0: year. And, um, you know, you hope to keep that guy around. It'd be interesting how it plays out for Dearness, Um, you know, uh, with Felton here. And obviously, you know, two guys on top are ready with Kareem and Nick. And obviously Kareem one more year on his deal. John, the wide receiver position. Look, we can sit here and, you know, people can beat Baker Mayfield to death. And at times, rightfully so. The play at times this year was tough. It was rough. It was poor. There's no way around it. Um, But you look at this, John, and I mean, first things first, you know, you look statistically and like you see the Browns leading receiver in receptions, the, the leader in yards, the leader in touchdowns. And these are numbers, any one of these could maybe be third, if not maybe even fourth on some NFL teams, which is just staggering, you know, on its face. This team, and look, a lot of this was predicated on Odell working out. and. Look, you know, you see kind of what he's doing with the Rams, and you see that it, it it could have worked out, it didn't. Whatever, that is what it is. But either way, this room, John, needs a massive, massive overhaul. If you want to keep Jarvis Landry around, you probably want to entertain less money, his veteran presence, um, you know, his route running. You know that there are times where Jarvis Landry is really, really clutch. Donovan Peoples Jones, we're not at a point where you can look to next year and say, okay, Donovan Peoples Jones we're comfortable 80 to hundred targets. You can't be there yet. Anthony Schwartz, certainly not enough seen from Anthony Schwartz to know what a defined role is. Not that I think the Browns ever had any intention of Anthony Schwartz being starter in the NFL. I think they value the speed. They value the fact that, you know, they can, you know, they can run uh, that stretch all they want. And, you know, once again, come back with a reverse to Anthony Schwartz because they're getting killed by Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And there'll be opportunities there. Um, Rashard Higgins, and this isn't even whether or not the Browns would want to bring him back. Rashard Higgins would just be flat out nuts to stay in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, he's he's probably not going to be back. I, this this off this wide receiver room is going to have an overhaul this year, um, this off season. I, I do not expect them to bring back Jarvis Landry. Um, you cut him, you save fifteen million dollars in cap space. Like, there's Denzel Ward's money. Exactly. I mean, it's, it goes to other players that are more productive and Jarvis Landry is 80, uh, not 80. He's 30 years old. Um, you know, he's in his eighth. Pete, would have, pre- Pete would have appreciated that. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's going to laugh at that when he hears this, but um, he's, he's fine as a number two or number three type of wide receiver, but you, you, two, you know, multiple years in a row. You know, you're expecting him to be the guy and it, it, he's not that guy. And he's clearly, you know, on the downside of his career you know I, I'm, I'll, I'll make this point too like odell beckham jr is not like I, I think we see it in in like he was not he's not the same player that he he used to be um with touchdowns the rams doing it touchdowns touch, a- absolutely the touchdowns are skewing it he's he's caught 20 what 29 passes He's averaging 1.22 yards per route run um with the rams which is you know a paltry number it's terrible He's got he's got Cooper Cup. He's he's a number two receiver there, and he's still not putting up great numbers. He's put he put up better yards per uh numbers that, with the Browns. He was at one point two seven. You know, so it's, you know I, the touchdowns are skewing everything over there with with OBJ. He's he's not the same player that he used to be. So I, I you know they the Browns this off season last off season I wanted them to to move on from injury and OBJ and overhaul off that room, but they couldn't really do it because they had to they would have had to eat a bunch of dead money. They had 30 million invested in the two of them. Exactly. And they were were on basically guaranteed deals there. So they, you weren't going to be able to move off of them unless teams wanted to trade from. And I think teams coming, you know, you look at OBJ coming off an ACL injury, they're not going to trade for a guy like that. They're just going to say, all right, let's, you know, maybe if this guy starts blowing it up in the early part of the season, but then at the, at the same time, you're keeping them on your team at that point. Right. So they were kind of stuck in that regard. Now, I think moving forward, you can see what Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski want to build with this wide receiver room. They're going to be able to shape it into the well, how they want it. You look at what the Rams did when Sean McVay went over there. You know, they brought in uh, Robert Woods. They brought in um, who was Deshaun? Ja- no, no, it wasn't Deshaun Jackson. But was it Deshaun Jackson? Cooks. Cooks. There we there. go. Cooks was there.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, Cooks. So they they traded for Cooks. They brought in Robert Woods. They uh, they drafted Cooper Cup. So they they made that room to how that coach wants it. And Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Bayer haven't been able to do that yet because they've been on the books from John Dorsey's dealings of, of trades and signings and stuff like that. So um, now you're going to see what, what they want. And, you know, you're probably going to get a, a Jameson Williams type guy. If they can get that in there, they probably would have probably would have drafted him at 13 if he would have been there. Um, and it's going to be over because right. Like Donovan people's Jones, we, you know, I, we like the potential he has, but there's a reason why he was drafted in the sixth round. He is a, an athletic freak that doesn't play like an athletic freak. He has, he looks like he's stuck in mud for half the game. He plays slower than That's a, his-
0: It's a great reference you put there because the punt return that he fumbled, he had plenty of room, took like one step, and all of a sudden he was like a deer in the headlights. And when it was like, well, it just, I mean, even if you get five, you get five, but it was yeah. just, I mean, it, it yeah. and look, and it's not a knock on Donovan Peoples Jones because the reality is you get drafted in the sixth round, there's warts, there's reasons you get drafted in the sixth round. So, to even say what he's done to this point as a sixth round pick is a really good return of the investment. But they were in a position where it was, uh, kid, okay, we need you to be 80, you know, 1109. And you know, not gonna a, he wasn't ready for it, B, we have no idea if he'll ever be ready for it. No, nah,
1: there's, a, there's, a, I mean, like I said, we said there's a reason why he's drafted in the sixth round. There's the guys just, there, there's not Antonio Browns out there that can come in there and, and light it up with, with, uh, you know, from, from the sixth round, basically. So, um, it, there's he's a guy that was expected to be the three or the four, um, you know, a complimentary piece that you think, all right, this guy can, you know, get you three or four touches in a game and, and make some good yards off of that. Um, and that's what he is that's essentially what you want him to be so they're going to be drafting guys that are much more explosive than him that play faster than him Um probably going to sign somebody that can be in there and and you know maybe take the the load off of him and probably not going to see Rashad Higgins as much as you know we liked him and they for whatever reason lost lost definitely lost favor uh this year and even with Baker Mayfield so there's going to be changes there and and just, uh, very interested to see what, what it's going to look like. It's got to be much more explosive. You got to get guys that can separate from man coverage uh, on a consistent basis. And then also, you know, be smart and accountable. So,
0: yeah, um, and, you know, interested to see how it happens. And the thing with, you know, Higgins, it's kind of, you know, Baker, it's been good years, good years in the even years, eighteen twenty. you know, bad years, nineteen twenty one. 21, Rashard Higgins. Cold, right along coincides with that 18 good year 20 good year 19 21 not so much we're going to get to a little bit more here with John, your latest locked on Browns hey Browns fans this is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app for who everyone buys gas needs to know about get upside my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up just download the free get Upside app in the app store or Google Play right now use promo code touchdown. And get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using get Upside. Download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and you will get $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Browns fans, we're looking for an edge these days. And I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge throughout the playoffs. They're providing you with the best NFL tips news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. OnlineGambling.com gives gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day, inspiring every gambler in the world to beat the odds. Don't make emotional decisions with your hard-earned dollars. Make informed decisions with information sourced by experts. Be sure to consult OnlineGambling.com before you place your bets. OnlineGambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site, giving the gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. Go to www.OnlineGambling.com and check out the latest NFL playoff news and tips on how you can get the edge. Visit the website for all the latest NFL news. Make sure you visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. John, obviously the Browns seem committed in some capacity to Baker Mayfield being part of the 2022 season. Look, folks, we tried to tell you a million times there really was another avenue to go to. Whatever your pipe dreams may have been, probably just pipe dreams in that. But, John, that being said, um, you're probably going to – look, Case Keenum – did a nice job. It's certainly not going to give you any, you know, to feel any better. If God forbid something were to happen to Baker Mayfield in twenty twenty two, whether it's injury, whether it's not working out, what is the best route to go here, John? Is it to try to maybe find a veteran that you have some faith in, maybe would know the system, or is it time to get your hands on somebody to start grooming? If it turns out he's a long term for long term backup, backup for Baker Mayfield. All the more better. What's the best way to address this? And so hopefully you're not put into this situation again in
1: 2022. Um, I'd say that you want to bring in competition for Baker Mayfield because you're in a position where you, you don't know what you essentially have with, with Baker, right? So he was he had a career year last year in terms of from week seven on where everything clicked, everything was was great. He was a top three graded quarterback, um was excellent from a clean pocket, was Excellent in rhythm, saw the field, did was accurate with the football. Was one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, and it was like, all right, this is the guy that we drafted. This is this is our guy. And then it was as bad as it could get this year, where he was a bottom five graded quarterback in the NFL. He's, he's this year is a sixty two point four overall. And I know that, and it was all muddied by his injuries and stuff like that. He's not as bad as what this this year showed, but we've also seen how his career has been kind of a roller coaster with. As a rookie. He had he was one of the hot best seasons we've ever seen from a rookie quarterback. The next year was a big downswing because of, you know, the you know, had a bad coaching staff, um, didn't click doesn't click with OBJ, all that stuff, right? And then so I think what you want to do is you wanna bring in a veteran that can legitimately be competition for Baker Mayfield. And I would also still draft a quarterback in this draft to say develop him, groom him. That might be Nick Mullins. Um you know, maybe, but like we've seen Nick Mullins play a couple of seasons in the NFL. His, his grades have been really poor Um with San Francisco. He was a 64.6 uh, in 2018 and 2020, he was a 56.9. So it's like, there's, you know, you kind of get, you do have a good sample size there of him being not great. Um You know, I, I think there was, you know, the at San Francisco system really kind of, uh you know, they have really good weapons and that Shan- Shanahan really schemes guys open uh, better than anybody. So, um, you know, the yardage and all that, the touchdown totals and stuff like that kind of are muddied by, by the fact that he's with Kyle Shanahan. So what veteran you bring in to, to legitimately compete with Baker, I'm I'm not really sure. I know that like there's Marcus Mariota has been thrown about out there. And, um, but the thing is like, we saw the difference of like Mariota you know, Tannehill to Mariota, where that team was hampered by Mariota, and, and Tannehill came in there with a finally with a good system and a good, good talent around him, and he he thrives, right? So, I don't know I think that you have to take it twofold, you know, get a bring in a guy, I don't know who, um, that can legitimately compete because I don't think Case Keenan can do that, and then also draft a guy like, you know, I don't know if it's the second round or the third round, but I would say that you'd probably look at it in the second round. Um, at the earliest, uh, like if Malik Willis is there in the second round, which I, I don't think is going to happen, I would absolutely take him in the second round because he's that good uh, to me is that talented. Um, I don't know where he's being mocked and stuff like that, but that's, that's kind of what my feelings are on that. Uh, because I, I, you just, you don't know with Baker at this point, right? Like
0: you just don't know. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, you can't put yourself in this position. Look, I mean, if you spend money and even a draft pick and Baker Mayfield plays all 17 games maybe find the eclipses 4,000 yards, shows you a completion percentage close to 70, and you win the AFC North, you're not going to care what you spent. Because basically what it was is, you know, it was CYA, it was you were covering your ass. Um, And hey, look, it, it totally could rebound. It, it, it certainly could. Uh, you know, I'm certainly hoping for it. I think a lot of what happened this year was Baker's injury, but also Baker trying to carry the same inferior wide receivers the way he did the second half of last year and in the playoffs, which he did. But this year, you needed more from those guys, and those guys are what they are. It was, you were not going to get more out of them. It was going to be whether or not Baker could play essentially hero ball and almost play to perfection. John, you did bring up the Titans. I want to get to this one here before. Obviously, playoffs kicking off this weekend, two games Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday night. So much for the competitive advantage anymore in the NFL playoffs. It's all about the damn dollar. John, from the AFC, from the NFC, I want you to give me one team each conference, that you think could surprise in the coming weeks. And I want you to give me one team from each conference that maybe you'd be a little bit leery of what they can bring in the playoffs. Uh
1: I'm very leery that the Pittsburgh Steelers can bring anything in the playoffs. John,
0: <laughs> and this is what I haven't brought this up yet. If nobody remembers, go to YouTube, bring up Dan Marino's last playoff game. They went into Jacksonville and I think it was like 51 to 3, 51 to 10. This has got all the makings of by the time Big Ben shakes his head, realize what's going on, Patrick's Mahomes just shoved it up his ass for 28 to nothing. But yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers certainly, but I this has all the feelings of Dan Marino's last playoff game, which was against Jacksonville Jaguars. Go ahead, though. Right. I mean, just
1: a couple of weeks ago, that's basically what it was. Kansas City was just boat racing them. Um, and it just was not even a contest, and that's what's going to happen. I, I don't think this it's going to be a, it's basically a, a cakewalk for the uh for the Chiefs. Um, it's kind of a joke that this is on on Sunday
0: Night Football. I'd rather have like well, we have to get Buffalo. in our five hundred and seventy five thousand goodbye, Ben's, because we I mean we've been yeah. doing this for three weeks now. Look ahead. Uh,
1: yeah, so in, in the NFC, um, the NFC is much more competitive. I, I don't think that I think that you, if you're looking at a team, it's probably the Philadelphia Eagles that it's like that they're not going to bring much, but the thing is, they are going to bring stuff. I, I that team is, you know, maybe not the, the most talented. There's a reason why, you know, the team people were pick projecting them to have an, another top 10 type pick or whatever this year, and they're going to have top 10 picks because that well, I think, but they have three first round yes. picks or whatever it is, but they're probably going to lose to the Buccaneers. But, they're going to cause some problems so I, I don't think the across the board it's a little bit more competitive there um a team that will surprise um you know I, I think it's you know you talk about the, the Cincinnati Bengals and I know that like you know we as a, a, we, Browns beat them twice this year and and you know they're 10 and 7 and um they won the AFC North but I think yeah, I, Burrow had the, the second highest graded you know, quarterback this year in the NFL behind Tom Brady. Um, He really, obviously everybody knows how strong he came down at the end of the season, almost a thousand yards in the last two games of his, of his season. But um, they're just that, they're that good on offense that they could, you know, legitimately run it have a run to the the AFC championship game. Um, And I mean, the offense is good enough to win it all. Um, It's just the question is how can the offensive line hold up and can your defense hold up Um, And the, on the NFC side of things, um, I would say the 49ers, um, you know, I think they, they legitimately could have the best offense in the NFL. If it was a, an improved quarterback situation for them, um, which is why they, they drafted Trey Lance and they're trying to hope for that. But, you know, you talk about George Kittle, uh, Samuel Debo, um, or De- oh, Samuel Debo. Debo Samuel, Debo <laughs> Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, that offensive line with Trent Williams. It's just, it's, it could legitimately be the best offensive in football, you know, with a better single signal caller that can, you know, make big time throws, uh, with Kyle Shanahan running that system. So I think they would be the one that, that, that could surprise, um, their defense is, you know, that, that's not great, but, but, uh, they do have good pieces on it with, with, you know, Nick Bosa and, um, you know, their secondary is pretty solid. So, um, That'd be my surprise team. I, I still think the Packers are going to win it uh, and get to the, the, the Super Bowl. And I think it's probably going to be – I mean, the AFC top teams are going to be competitive. So, I don't know. We'll
0: it's going to be interesting in the AFC. Funniest thing about the Eagles, traded away Carson Wentz, got a first-round pick. Colts don't make the playoffs. Eagles do. Worked out well. That's some, that's some good G- GMing right there. Uh, John Cosco from PFF, obviously senior senior analyst. Uh, lead analyst, I don't know. We're just going to call them both now because I don't even remember anymore <laughs> the way it works. Um, make sure you're following at Costco 3 me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog-bound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.